right, and welcome back to another episode of Is It Dad Rock Yet? I'm Martin, and with me is Steve. Hi, guys. And without further ado, Steve, let's kick it straight off We've, um, with some corrections from last week's episode. Yep, straight into it. So, last episode was Lesson Jake, Borders and Boundaries, and we discussed about some lyrics, um, and I think it was because I said the album was really relatable, and I think at any point it doesn't feel aged. Timeless. Yep. Timeless album. Uh, but then I started talking about swiping left and swiping right and songs that say that, but I've got no examples. And after I said it, I thought, why did I just say that? It makes no sense. I've got nothing to back it up. So I was thinking of that song, which uh, I think it's Bring Me the Rising song, where he talks about someone on the gram said something about me. I don't know what the lyric is. I'll put it in now. Um, but then that brought you to talk about uh, a Rise Against song, which mention, mentions an SMS text, but it's not Rise Against, is it, Martin? Who is it? It's Against Me. Yeah, it's Against Me. And this is something that Martin pointed out. We uh, was in the car the other day, and he was like, shit, Steve, you know what? I got something wrong. It's not Rise Against, it's Against Me. So we said, let's just do some corrections. Uh, the other thing, the other correction was, um, I said a film was coming out called Studio 66, uh, which is a Foo Fighters film. It's actually called Studio 666. And my wife actually texted me this morning and said, you dumbass, you said Studio 66 instead of Studio 666. And then the other correction, this one isn't that much of a correction, but we was talking about Tool selling their um, their. This merch. is more of an update, isn't it? Yeah, than not an update. It's more of a correction for you. Um, so selling their shit for really expensive, Martin was like, well, you know, back in the heyday, if my chemical romance uh, started selling that, we'd never have bought it. And I thought, well, no, of course we wouldn't fucking buy it. We don't even like that band, Martin. So why did you choose that band? Oh, I jumped ahead. I thought it was an update about the price of it. So yeah, the correction is that you don't like my chemical romance. Do you like my chemical no, romance? No, I don't. Okay. Anyway, let's uh, move on from there. And Tool have reduced the price of their... Was it an LP? Yeah, it's like a collection of LPs, wasn't it? Five yes. LPs. They've reduced it by $25? Yeah, I think it's like 40 quid or something, isn't it? It's like from 600 quid to, to five, six, 540 six, Yeah. Anyway, it's like not that. much of a reduction. It's not much. still super expensive. <clears throat> I still will not be buying it. Neither will I. So, shall we move on to some news? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, cool. So, um, some news for the past two weeks. All came out pretty re- recently, actually, in the past two days. So Alexis on Fire have, uh, announced a new album. It's coming out on the 24th of June and it's called Otherness. Have you heard the new song? Yes, I've listened to it once. I did like it, but I think I need to listen to it a bit more. Yeah, it's not an instant hit, is it? No. Slow burner, it feels like. Like I like the sound of it, but then I was like, it doesn't really feel like Alexis. And then I thought back to... So a few years ago, they did Familiar Drugs. Yeah. And then they did Complicit. Mm-hmm. And then they released Season of a Flood. Season of a Flood was a lot more different to Standard Alexis, mm-hmm. and I think Otherness is more like Season of a Flood than it is like Familiar Drugs. Um, what about My Chemical Romance now, even though we're not fans? They have announced, announced a tour. It's got 12 support acts. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Mm. Well, that's going to be starting at like two in the afternoon, isn't it? Or I think it starts at five. So right. they're playing in Milton Keynes in the UK, and I think it starts at five. And they've got Thursday, Turnstile, and Taken Back Sunday as part of that list. And I thought that's pretty good, but it's £75 a ticket. And how, think... much did, how much did we pay for our slam dunk tickets? About 80 quid? Yeah. It's like, mm. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I would love to see Thursday. I would love to see Turnstile. Seen Taken Back Sunday. Not massively impressed. But I wouldn't pay £75 a ticket to see him. No. In other news, Jonathan Davis says that 
All in the Family is the worst corn song ever. And I think we can all agree that that is true. It's a terrible song. Well, I uh, I posted it in our group, didn't I? And uh, I was like, oh, the, the it was like clickbait title, wasn't it? It was like yeah. Jonathan Davis mentions the, the worst song that he recorded. And you guessed that it was All in the Family pretty much straight away. So it's no surprises, I think. But there were, apparently there was absolutely wasted when they recorded it. It wouldn't surprise me if I removed it from streaming services. Like, I know you can't remove it from CDs and records, but it wouldn't surprise me if I removed it from streaming services. Considering his, the, his request, probably. Yeah, considering the content in there as well. Yeah. Um, Deftones have parted ways with their bassist. Turns out, he was never actually in the band. Did he know this? Yeah. Did he just keep turning up? Like, like oh, why is that other bassist? No, that's why, he, that's why he left. Oh. So... I don't really know how bands work, but I know you've got like core members and you've got other people who aren't actually members of a band, but they're on all the promotion and that kind of thing. They seem like they're in the band, but contractually they're not. So he was... When you get to a certain size of a band as in like popularity, that's when legal things come in. You know, like it becomes a brand is your name. Yeah, when, things like that, so. when your band is actually like a business. Yeah. So um, he'd been in the band since 2010. I think Chi Cheng was the... Original bassist. He right. died in... Did he die in 2010 or I 2012? Know, I didn't know. We can take a look at that. Uh, I didn't write it down. Let me write it down now. So, yeah. So, he was never in the band. His contract... Um, well, he wanted... He, what am I trying to say? So, every time he um, like released a new album or every year or whatever, or whenever his contract got renewed, he was always saying, like, when am I going to become part of the band? And he, he thought, that, you know, there's room for growth. I can become part of the band. And every every time it happened, they kind of like just said, oh, I give him a little bit more and was like, yeah, you're not part of the band yet, but here's some more money, I guess. Um, but then eventually he was like, when am I going to become part of the band? I want my contract. And he felt like he'd spoken to the band and they all agreed, yep, yeah, we're going to make it part of the band. And they got his contract through and it was the exact same mm-hmm. as the previous contract. And he was just like, well, when am I going to, when am I going to be able to grow? And they were like, I, I, I don't even think they... Um, I think he tried to get in touch with him and they ignored him. So he's like, you know what, I'm I'm not in the band anymore. That's shy, isn't it? That, that, imagine like, because I imagine after ten years or twelve years of touring and playing and stuff like that, it's like they're your friend, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And surely he is part of that. Well, he is that band, isn't he? He's just not in the contract. You yeah, know he's what just I mean? not so contracted like, to it. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel I feel, I feel like that's a bit off by Deftones, really. Yeah, I do as well. And I think it's an insight into how the music industry works. Because, like, in my head, people in bands are all friends. They all have fun together. They want to play music and write an album. But I don't think a lot of, a it, lot it of the bands... business, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, especially at that level, probably have, like, one or two people who are, like, calling the shots, who are, like, the boss. And then everyone else is just kind of, like, the worker. And mm. it's it's not really what, what you want, is it? And that is all my news. So, um, anything you wanted to bring up, Martin? Um, it's not news related, but I was listening to Less Than Jake for that last episode a lot, probably too much because I had a dream about uh, Roger, and it was me, Roger, and my dad putting a bathroom in, and um, my, Roger kept talking about America, and my dad just got really, <laughs> really mad, and then I woke up. So I haven't had any dreams about Mudvayne yet, but that might happen. We'll see. Yeah, maybe maybe Chad can re retile my roof with my dad in my dreams. Who knows? Who knows? That'd be, and then your dad would just get angry at him because he yeah. like couldn't understand what he was saying. Yeah. So um, I guess moving on, man. I've got a question to ask, <laughs> but it comes it comes from us going to see Alkaline Trio and Take About Sunday. Uh, when was that? It was like last Friday. Friday the fourth of March. March. 
Yeah, so we went to go see Alkaline Trio and Take About Sunday. It was a good gig. I enjoyed it. Alkaline Trio was great. Yep. I'll be honest. I was really shocked at how good they were. Because pre- I've seen them once before and they were fucking terrible. Uh, Taking About Sunday, I wasn't that impressed with. I thought they were fine. I've, I enjoyed it. I Taking About Sunday, when they first started, it wasn't... It was like it was like we'd been turned down a little bit, and there was no oomph. Yeah, yeah. And then I must admit, by the time they started playing the hits, shall we say, like it, people were getting into it, and then you could feel the atmosphere more. I started off with a hit. Well, the first two songs were hits. I don't know them. <laughs> no, I only know about four or five songs. But you know the songs where everyone knows where everyone sings around you. Like you could see it, the the sort of they got the got the audience warmed up. Yeah, what I'm yeah. Saying, they did the job, didn't they? And our country were brilliant. So yeah, I agree. So I was thinking. Are there any bands, or just one band even, or uh, I guess multiple bands, that you've never seen live but really want to? So it doesn't need to be a band that's still touring. It could be a band who's no longer touring, a band that's no longer around. All the members could be dead. Um, But is there anyone out there who you think, I'd really love to see them? So I've split... I had to think about this because you asked me the question, obviously, beforehand. I had to think... So I've split it into two categories. So I've done the... Bands that I'd like to watch that I will watch and bands that I'd like to all time, I'd like to watch them. Whether the, whether I will or not, probably won't happen, might happen kind of thing. Okay, yeah. So in the bands that I'd like to watch that I will watch, um, there's only two bands. Uh, Turnstile, which I'm really looking forward to. They, they toured in February. I think they played at Leeds Stylus, um, but we didn't end up going. I think we just had too many gigs lined up. I think it clashed a little bit, so we didn't go. But we was under the, the you know they're going to be around for a few more years at least. We'll do another tour next year or year after. So, but T- Turnstile is definitely a band that I really want to go watch. Um, I know they played at Outbreak Fest in Leeds uh, a couple of years ago, but then I think we went the year after, so yeah. we we kind of missed that. We had Comeback Kid for our headliners, which is obviously brilliant. Um, and the other one is Amel and the Sniffers, which is an Australian uh, punk band, female fronted punk punk band. Um, and they're getting quite a lot of traction. A lot of uh, I think they opened for like Foo Fighters at some point recently. The sort of you know when you see them, listen to them a little bit, and then all of a sudden they're everywhere. Um, and they they're playing, I think, at Leeds Stylus as well. But I was only and airing about getting a ticket because I didn't have anyone to go with, and uh, the tickets had sold out. Oh really? So I'm like, oh, and I think they're playing it next month or so. Or they might have already played. I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah. So I'm a bit gutted. You know when you're like, oh, and I finally just thought, do you know what? Fuck it, I will go watch them on my own. And then they sold out. I was like, oh bastard. So so yeah. So they're the two bands that they're not you know amazingly huge bands or anything like that but I want to go watch them I will go watch them I'll keep an eye out for them and uh, on there and then the all time ones is Against Me I think uh, they played Slam Dunk a few times uh, you know they have toured the UK numerous times but I was never into them at the time so I was never bothered for them and then recently past couple of years I've really got into Against Me however the um, the singer Laura Jane Grace is doing a lot of solo stuff so I think Against Me is kind of taking a back seat I imagine um, but if she came into the UK and did a solo tour, I'd definitely go see that. If against me, yeah, so there's still a band, so I'm hopeful that that might happen. Um, and there's a couple more. Bear with me. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, properly. So I've seen Nine Inch Nails at Leeds Fest. Um, I think they headlined um, one of the years that I went, and it was absolutely amazing. However, seeing them at a festival, brilliant, but it's not quite the same as seeing them in their solo, their their gig, their tour, um, and they put on quite a big show. So I'm. Definitely going to go see them when they play. They've announced down south, haven't they? I think... Um, Eden Project. Eden Project. But you know, tickets are too expensive and it's just too far away. So I can't really want it. But I'm hopeful that they'll release a new album at some point. Um, and then Crack Out, which is a 
punk band from years and years and years ago. I think from like 2001, 2002. And genuinely, uh, their album's called This Is Really Neat. If you haven't ever heard of them, please do check them out. If you have heard of them, listen to them again. Because it's one of the ones that just stands the test of time. It's just an amazing album from each song from start to finish is amazing. But they're just not a band and they're just all dissipated. So it's never going to happen. And then Distillers is my last one because I do listen to um, is it Sing Sing Death House quite a bit. Um, and every time I listen to it, I think, you know, I'd love to see these live. Like, it just would be just a, a fantastic gig. And I think as well, they'd have a really good support. They'd probably bring someone along that you might not have heard of, but would be good, if that makes sense. So there are my loads and loads of bands that I've just gone through, but that's how I've split out. Yeah, so. that's a very good list. Do you want to hear mine? Uh, no, I'm all right, thanks. All right, fair enough. No, I'm joking. <laughs> of course, I would love to hear yours. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I thought about this and I thought, there's a big difference about between really wanting to see a band and wanting to see a band. So I'll try and explain what I mean. <clears throat> so one band I'd really like to see, but I'm never going to be able to, so easy to say, but I'd really want to see them, is Nirvana. Bit of a cliche, I know, but I thought that would have been really cool to see them live. And then some other bands that I really want to see, but these are the ones where it's like, I want to see them, but I'm not willing to travel too far, and I'm not willing to pay too much money. So I've got At My Driving. I did have a chance to go see them a few years ago. They played in Newcastle but I had no one to go with and I thought I don't want to drive up to Newcastle on my own. Blink-182, love to see Blink-182, but again, if it's too expensive, just not going to pay for it. AFI, again, if it's too expensive, I'm not going to go. Deftones, Rage Against the Machine, Death Cab for Cutie. So all of those bands could potentially see, but it really depends on location and price, like you said with Nine Inch Nails. It's like, I want to see them, but I don't want to see them where I'm going to bankrupt myself yeah i think the most we spent was it slipknot i think is probably one of the, the most i've spent that i can remember we paid like 55 quid for a ticket that's expensive and that was a that was a couple of years ago one is before sort of lockdown. yeah yeah that was uh january 2020 yeah I and mean, that is the most i've paid that i can remember other than like a festival or a day yeah, yeah. a day gig or something you know with other bands that, that was for one band yeah. yeah and then some of the bands that when they do tour 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 when they do tour, tour. I will go see him because I know the price of a ticket is going to be reasonable. Birds in a row. Yeah. So I don't actually know if they They're are touring. French band, they? Yeah, French band. But yeah. I'd, I definitely would go see them and I don't think it would be over 30 quid a ticket to go and see them. The Frets, a band from Atlanta who are in the middle of recording a new album, I think, um, or they've got it recorded and they're just waiting to release it, would love to go see them. Brutus are another band from Belgium who I'd love to go see who have just recorded their third album. I think it's the third album. But uh, they'll be touring, I think, late this year or early next year. So I'll definitely go and see them. And that is my list. Hmm. I think the... Well, the what was the band that you said about Deftones and who else was they? Uh, Deftones, Rage Against the Machine, Death Cab for Cutie, AFI and Blink-182. Yeah. Oh, and At The Driving. Yeah. AFI is one of the ones where it's like, I could see it being like 50 or 60 quid, but I could also see it being like... 25, yeah, 30. Definitely. All yeah. the other ones I feel are going to be the top end of 40 or 50 quid. At the driving, I think, would potentially be in that category of being around 30 quid. Yeah. Um, and just for context, where we live is East Yorkshire. So that's where, where we say travelling around. It's like, you know, London and stuff is, is doable, but we'd have to be really, really want to look, watch the band. Yeah, I had uh, Incendiary on the list. And I was yeah. like, well, they're playing in London in like June. <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, so you can't see want to see them that much, but no. yeah. Right, shall we kick this thing off? Hells yeah. So, episode nine, Mudvayne, and their album LD50, released in the year 2000. 
Um, I think you've got some trivia for me this time around, Steve, since um, I think it's fair to say that I was probably more of a Mudfane fan back then. Um, maybe not so much now, because I mean, I know you've listened to it and you have enjoyed it. So, But yeah, you've got some questions for me. Uh, spoiler alert, Martin, fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I will I will ask the questions because um, she was a fan of Mudvayne when we were younger and I wasn't. So, shall we start? Yes. Right, so I, I don't know. I put points on this. You've got 14 points. Okay. You can get 14 points. Okay, this is serious. But then you? I'm like, we never record these points and I'm pretty sure we make them up at the end anyway. So, mm-hmm. so it doesn't really matter. So first question, yep. are you ready? Yeah. What does LD50 mean? I assume I think it's lethal dose. LD does stand for lethal dose. You are correct, but LD fifty stands for median lethal dose. So it's it's a scientific. Um, what's the word? It's like a, not an abbreviation. It's like a like a term. I can't believe I forgot that word. <laughs> term. Uh, so it's the level of tix- toxicity. <laughs> the level of toxicity required in a drug to kill fifty percent of a test population. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that goes in line with the actual theme of yeah. the entire album, does it? Of course it does. It's very uh, dna Yeah. <laughs> is that a phrase? DNA. It's very science-orientated, isn't yeah. it? Or like science mixed with philosophy, which mm. I thought was quite cool. But that was the first thing I thought of. was like, we, we've, we LD50, the Mudvayne album. Like, I've known about it for over 20 years. And it's like, I never thought, what does LD50 mean? And it was the first thing that I thought of, like, what does it mean? So I had a look and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know the 50 part, but obviously Lethal Dose, which I just thought, well, uh, you know, Lethal Dose, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a rock band. Lethal. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense in my 15-year-old brain. What? Oh, it's Twisted Metal, wasn't it? I was thinking that game when we were younger called... With the cars, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was metal. Lethal Metal. Anyway, second question. Mm-hmm. Which member of Slipknot was an executive producer on this album? I'll go for the clown. Yeah, do you know his name? Sean Summit. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his surname. I think it's Cran or Cran. But yeah, the clown. So I only say that because I think he does because he doesn't really do anything in Slipknot. He just walks around hitting a drum. But I think he does a lot behind the scenes and writes a lot and does stuff. Yeah, I, I was going to say he's. I think he's, he's the, like the driving. Brains. He's yeah. the driving force behind uh, Slipknot. So I think when they recorded, I think it was Mate Feed uh, Kill Repeat. He remortgaged his house so that right, we could yeah. record it. Which is, so would, therefore he gets a say in everything yeah, they do. Like I would never, ever do that. Do you not believe in yourself or me enough for that? No. I've, I've remortgaged my house for this podcast, have you not? These Wait. baffles are not going to pay for themselves. <laughs> I was going to say, like, because <laughs> it's like a fiver each a month. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so, yeah, so uh, Sean from mm-hmm. Slipknot, he was classed as an executive producer, but he said he didn't actually do anything at all. He just wanted to give them a platform. Is it like when Tarantino's like introdu- Tarantino introduces, yeah, even yeah, though he's got yeah. nothing to do with his film, it then puts his name to it, and therefore they already get a yeah, yeah. more acknowledgement. So he, so he, <clears throat> sorry, he, um, he was saying I just wanted to get him on tours, and I wanted to get him publicity, and he thought that's that's a way I can do it. So I thought that was I thought that was really cool of him, where he's like, yeah, yeah I don't know how much money you took. You might not have taken any, but you might have taken some. Who knows? Um, so third question. Who are the band members? So I want to know the names, their alias, and what they do. Well, I just know one of them's called like Chud and Spag. They're the the their aliases, or Chud. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Um, so they're the only aliases I know. Um, names. There's Chad Gray, who's a singer. Correct. Which I thought was actually I was thinking about this earlier. So Chad is usually short for either Chadwick or Charles. 
I just thought that was quite funny that his name's Charles, possibly. I don't know why that's funny. Well, it's funny to me. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry for any Charles listening. <laughs> I think his name's funny. Um, so then you've got right. Uh, so Chad Singer. Yep. Um, Greg, I think he's like Trib Tribit or something. Close enough. Uh, he's guitar. Yep. Ryan, I don't know his surname. Is bass. Close enough. It's Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the guitarist and uh, the drummer is called Matt or Matthew. Oh, you've done pretty good there. I can't, uh, I can't remember. I think, is it Matt, something G, something G, uh, beginning of a G? No. Ah, fucking hell then. So you've got Chad Gray, yep. who's also known as Cud, mm-hmm. or Cood. Or Charles. Go, I'll go or with Chadwick. Uh, he does vocals. Greg Tibbet is called Gerg, and he does guitar. Uh, Ryan Martini, or Martini, is called Rhino. But spell R-Y-N-O or something. Yeah, yeah. R-Y-K-N-O-W. He plays bass. And then there's Matthew McDonough, who's Spag. Well, S-Pag. Spag. That sounds like... Spag ball. I was thinking Spaff, like cum. Oh, right. Gross. (laughs) Whatever you put on your Spag ball, Steve. Well, I call it Spag ball. I don't call it Spag ball. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. Uh, But it does taste really nice. Mm. Uh, Drums. That's what spaff, uh, Spag does. <laughs> spag. Spaff. Right. So you got a few of them right, but you didn't really get any right apart from Chad well, I, I got all the names right. Yeah, the first names. You didn't get the surnames or the aliases. Okay. Um, singles. What singles are on the album? Which uh, ones are released? Dig. Dig is correct. Death Blooms. That is correct. And nothing to... I, is it, I don't know how to pronounce it because I always pronounce it nothing to gain but it's actually Gein isn't it or something because it's uh, Ed Gein yeah it's based on him was that a single? Uh, well it was when I looked on Wikipedia a few days ago oh right I looked on Wikipedia <laughs> I must have missed it off <laughs> okay cool let's check well, I remember that because it was, it was, I, was I was surprised that that was a, a single it right. might have been just a song to mention I don't know we'll take a look because I saw about the uh, I saw something about Ed Gein not Ed Gein about the song about Ed Gein um, and I didn't see it it was a single but we'll check that because I could have just misread and then well this calls into validity all these questions that you're asking me Steve no it doesn't shut up okay um, and then what is the album duration well it's funny you should mention that because I, I didn't I was gonna but I, I couldn't be asked to add up all the times and uh, find out what the average song time is because the the songs are long yeah, um, yeah. very long I think Diggs the, the shortest one at like 2 235 or something and then the majority of the songs are you talking sort of over 4 or 5 minutes obviously the in, the interlude things aren't that long but um, so after all that talking I think it's hour, an hour and 15 Oh, really close, really close. Um, 68 minutes, 32 seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know why you went through this. Is it because you just didn't want to look it up? Because you can just go on Spotify and see how long an album lasts. Oh, can I? Okay. Yeah. Um, I was, I was going to add them all up and then divide <laughs> it. Well, because I wanted to add the actual songs. I didn't want to take the interludes, and it would have done the interludes, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, that's the album duration. Yeah, the interlude is part of the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but what I wanted to do is the... Because I was going to talk about it later on was like the actual... Oh, like, the all the songs song, are quite... Oh, uh, okay. Um, but I also wanted to bring up that last last episode, you asked me that question, and I said 48 minutes, 12 seconds. And the actual version of the album that we listened to, the reissue, was 48 minutes long. So 
Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, but also, we did say anything over 45 minutes is a long album. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we, we drove to... We went to go see Alkaline Trio. The reason why I said over an hour is because we went to Alkaline Trio. From ours to Manchester is... But from Leeds to Manchester, it's like what? An hour and 15, so like Yeah. Well, yeah. And it, yeah, it was <laughs> 68 minutes. Just, <laughs> yeah. it, it literally finished, didn't it, as we got there? But um, yeah, and I, I, I remember listening to it the first time around and thinking, God, this is a long album. And I looked and I was like, oh, yeah, it's 68 minutes and we did say anything over 45 is, would be classed as a, a long album. Anyway, moving on. Um, last question of yep. like, the trivia. How many, monthly li- how many monthly listeners on Spotify do you think? Um, well, I think a lot more has come up now because I know they went and joined... Uh, I think the Chad and Greg started a new band called Hell Yeah. So they sort of... Went away. Then I think that Greg left. I think, um, and then they've come back and sort of reannounced and done some more tour. So I think the the, the listeners have probably shot up because I've started getting in the news a lot more. So I'm going to go for four hundred and fifty thousand. I think you'd be surprised by this answer. Two million. Really? Yeah. Well, it's like I one, am, one of course point. I'm surprised. I said four and a half thousand. I mean four hundred and fifty. Yeah, which is quite far away from two yeah. million. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, it's one point nine seven million. As of today, Jeez. but yeah, I was shocked by it because I was because we were looking at Alkaline Trio. Mm. They had eight hundred thousand, and Taking Back Sunday had one point two million. And I've honestly just thought, oh, Mudvayne won't have many. And yeah, they've got fucking loads. So well done to Mudvayne. Yeah. Okay, moving on to lyrics, Martin. Okay, I'm doing I've, so well. I'm, I think I'm doing really well so far. I think you're doing pretty I'm, good. I think I've got a hundred points so far. You've not got hundred points. Yeah. You've got four. Yeah. So moving on. Lyrics. I'm gonna I'm gonna play you a clip, mm-hmm. and I want you to tell me what the words are. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. I've clicked on the wrong thing. Okay. Here it is. If you want a piece of me, I brought the motherfucking mold. Well done. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I I listen to Dig a lot. I listen to this album a hell of a lot. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, I just, used to. I I am gonna a lot more now as well. To be honest with you, this is really really rekindled, like my love of this album I'll be honest with you well I didn't expect you to get it that quickly I'll be honest I thought it was going to be more like the out of driving thing nope. so okay okay the next one yeah is since you know the lyrics really well yeah oh, I want wow. you to get I'm going to tell you one line and I want you to tell me the three lines that follow okay. it okay it's, still, it's, it's, it's from the end of a song okay so the uh, dig is the song yeah and the line is wish you were committing suicide yeah, it's like, uh, wish you were committing suicide. Limits in the middle of a channel. Um, something, 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 bombs away, bobs away. Something like that. Bobs away, in it. What? Have I made this up? It's clearly bombs away. No, it's bobs. I'm sure it's, it's bobs. It's li- limbless in the middle of a channel. As in, uh, my understanding is like, <laughs> maybe I've been singing it wrong. I'm sure it is. I'm sure I've got the lyrics like in the book when I used to listen to it. I got mine from Google, and it says... So it's, a wish, wish you was committing suicide, if you think about it, committing suicide, limbless in the middle of a channel, I assume that was like, you just... Well, yeah, I mean, you've got that and lyric... And then bobs away. You got that lyric right, but in the wrong place. Right. So it is, wish you were committing suicide, sucking on a motherfucking tailpipe, dead man walking on a tightrope, okay. limbless in the middle of a channel, bombs away. I thought it was bobs away. We're going to have to check that. I just did. Bombs away. What are you going to check it on? I'm going to ring up Cud. 
<laughs> yeah, I checked on Google and... Well, I don't believe you, so... We'll have to come back to that yeah. in the future. Have you got the CD still? I do, and my mum's. I might have to go around to my mum's. You'll have to go around to your mum's. We'll pause right now and you can fuck yeah, off and go. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. But yeah, bombs away. But I see, I always thought it was bombs, I'll be honest with you, and that, for some reason, makes sense. But then when you really start thinking about it, it's like, if you are limbless in the middle of a channel of water, then you would bob away. Like, yeah, I get bobs it. Bobs away. But at the same time, it's not. that's not the only line in that whole section. True. Ready for the next one? Yep. Next song is Under My Skin. Okay. And I'm going to tell you two lines, and I just want the last line of the phrase. Okay? Yeah. So, don't need your goddamn pressure. Front in stress. I'm Superman, motherfucker. Without the S on my chest. Yeah, I knew you were going to get that one right, because yeah. you sung it in the car, and I thought, man, this guy knows his lyrics. Mm-hmm. And that's that's it. That's all my questions on lyrics. Have you got anything? Um, so I've only got I've got two things, um, and it's not really asking you li- questions about lyrics. It's more of like lyrics that I misheard and I've been singing or thinking that sounds funny for ages. And then I looked, I was listening to the songs with Spotify because you know they have that link now where you can. Um, oh yeah, the lyrics. Lyrics. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. Apparently it says bombs away, and now I thought it said bobs away. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, so there's two of them, and uh, so one of them is in cradle. And it says, and I thought it said tickling through my body, but it actually says circulates <laughs> rather than tickling. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant it said. I thought you meant <laughs> like it's, it says five thought, words instead of one. Yeah. Like tickling through my body, but actually, he only says <laughs> No, so tickling. I thought it said tickling, but it actually says circulates. Circulates around my body. Yeah. Not tickling around my body. No. And I always thought, that's a weird thing for him. Because he says something, something, tickling through my body. But circulates makes much more sense. And we're just going to play it now and we'll see what you think. And then the other one is in prod. Um, and it's, I thought it said, yeah, yeah, mate, in a really weird accent, like an almost like an English accent. But it says DNA. So... Mm. And that, for some reason, I've always just thought it says, yeah, mate. Um, and again, we'll play it now and you can be the judge. And Steve, tell me tell me if you agree with my what I think it thinks says. So, DNA or yeah, mate? Yeah, I think now that I know it's DNA, because you told me beforehand, we, before we listened to it, you can hear it's DNA, but it does sound like you're saying, yeah, like... He does, well, no, it's it like doesn't sound like, like DNA. It sounds like he's saying, yeah, mate, to me. Yeah. Yeah, rather than, yeah, mate, but, like, yeah, <laughs> mate. Yeah, mate. <laughs> and what do you think to the tickling through my body? Yeah, so the first time you played that, um, I was like, well, it clearly says circulating. And then you played it again, and I was like, nope, that sounded like he said tickling. <laughs> and I think, you know when you sort of rationalise the, the, the yeah, mate bit was like, um, but I think he says, it, yeah, it's okay, and then it's like, yeah, mate. Like, oh, in yeah, my head, yeah. it kind of made sense. And then the tickling through my body, I thought it was funny, but it's like, in my head, it was like you've been injected with something and you can feel the sensation of it running through your veins and it, you'd feel like it was being tickled. Yeah, in context, it makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? So, yeah. yeah, so it's like, luckily, I mean, we have been seeing Mudvin live and I probably did say tickling through my body and no one stopped and says, this guy is saying... Yeah, poser, tick- poser Tickling through my body, you weirdo. Um... <laughs> So yeah, so that's what I just thought that was funny, and I just thought actually I've been singing this wrong all this time. Yeah, I think it's really funny when you get the 
the words to things wrong and then like someone tells you what they are and well it's worse when you're like when you sing it and someone's like did you just say well, tickling through my body that's what i was gonna say to i was gonna mention the uh, fear factory song linchpin because <laughs> yeah. i thought it was got to be what well, got to be a punk yeah and it's you can't pull me apart no it can't take me apart can't take me apart and then i think we were somewhere and i, and I said got, <laughs> got to be a punk and you're like what the fuck did you just say yeah so we'll we'll just put that in there as well uh and see what you think. It does not say... It does not sound like it at all. Talk to me apart! Okay, Martin. I've got a small bit of trivia for you. Okay. Did you know that the video for Dig won the first ever MTV2 Music Award at the Video Music Awards? It's the best place to win them. I thought it was pretty cool. It's, it's a, the winner of the first ever MTV2 Award. I knew it wouldn't... An award, but I didn't know what it was or it was the first or anything like that. So yeah, so I guess it was. I guess it brought in a category for like MTV Two, which was like a more of an alternate is, channel. Is the video good? I think it's cool. Yeah, it's it's all right, isn't it? You know what I mean? Well, I, I mean, because it's the beginning. It goes through all the like the DNA structure things, and then I just remember it being on that white background. Well, exactly, and that what and that wins an award because you remember it being on a white background. Yeah, but it's not the it's the idea, isn't it? Of like, it's just cool. It's like. It's just probably different to what else was out there at the time. It's like, like art's not always great, but it's the idea of it. No one else has thought of it, you know what I mean? When people see something, they go, I could have done that. But they didn't. And yeah. they didn't, yeah. It's well, like, like Wordle, I think that all the time. Yeah. Like, it's such a simple idea, but only because that person thought of it, then it becomes a simple idea. Well, I thought he meant, like, playing Wordle. Like, I could have got that word, but I didn't try. All oh, right, no, that's not that. Yeah. But yeah, like a game, you're like, well, that's just... It's obvious. Yeah. It's an obvious game. It's a really simple game, but it's only simple because it's been made. Yeah, someone made it. Someone had the idea. Um, and then the other thing was, I was looking through um, Wikipedia, as I like to do before mm-hmm. our episodes, and it said in there that Mudvayne are not influenced by other metal bands. I thought, that's okay. a bit weird, considering they're a pretty fucking metal band. Um, and the examples, it said that they were... Influenced by Obituary, Death Metal Band, right? Emperor, Black Metal Band, Motley Crue, Heavy yeah. Metal Band, Alice in Chains, Rock, Pearl Jam, Rock, King Crimson, Progressive Rock, Porcupine Tree, Progressive Rock, and the final one, which I thought, this is a fucking metal band, Metallica, mm. Heavy Metal slash Thrash Metal, got all them uh, descriptions from Wikipedia. So I'm like thinking, how can you say not you're not influenced by metal bands when you've got black metal, death metal, heavy metal, and thrash metal? But also, whilst I was listening to the album, I thought, well, there's bits in here which sound like Korn, there's bits in here which sound like Slipknot, and there's bits in here which sound like Machine Head. I think so. they get they get branded the new metal. I've seen them a lot of times been like in in like new metal mixes and things like that. When yeah. really I think there was just metal of that time. And new metal was very popular, so I think they kind of got branded into it. But I, I wouldn't class them as very anywhere near the same of Corn, Limp Bizkit, Papa Roach, and stuff like that. I would in some aspects, but not all. So, for example, like the the bass sound is a lot Corn esque. A lot of the bass lines, um, some Slipknot sounding parts, but I wouldn't say Slipknot was necessarily new metal either. Um, and then yeah there's one song which I thought oh it sounds a bit like Davidian but again Machine Head aren't new metal but I think a lot of bands who came around at that time I think they just get well Deftones for one doesn't it yeah. they, they always get um, sort of uh, 
shoehorned into the, the new metal scene. I think people just were like, oh, it's it's a metal band in the year 2000. It's new metal. Mm-hmm. So that's it from me, my small bit of trivia. What about you? Okay, well, I've got a little trivia, but I've got a thought, and I wanted to discuss it, which was, I don't think they should have released Dig. Because I feel like the the song Dig doesn't go with the album in the respect of um, the video was was wearing makeup and they were sort of like um, wearing like uh, it was all dressed up and they had like blood and all this sort of stuff around it. Yeah. And the 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 song itself is structured a lot more like a normal song. Yep. Sort of like you know verse chorus verse chorus. Bridge, it's a single, yeah. 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 And. It's very short as well. So it's like two two minutes uh, 15, I think, something like that. Two minutes 42, I wrote it down. Um, and it's almost like it doesn't... The rest of the album is nothing like that song. Every other song is not like that song at all. I've got that written down in my notes as well. Yeah, and it's like... But then I was thinking, actually, if you released an, a, a song like Cradle or um, Nothing to, to Gain, which I would call it Nothing to Gain, um, or Prod... That's a bit of a prod, especially is much more of a slower, slow burner. You're not going to get that talk, that buzz. Whereas Dig, it's got a kick straight in, it's got a lot of shouting, and it's just kind of it creates that image of a, of like you know, oh, this is interesting and new and and heavy. And then obviously you get the album, you get more into women, they've, they've got you. But for me, it's like um, it doesn't show the musical talents as much. Um, it doesn't show the creativity in the album, um, and the other songs are just much better than it. Um, it's still a fantastic song, but I just feel like it's, it's yeah, it's they've wrote it for us. They'll put it in to be a single, like they will release this song no matter what kind of thing. I yeah, it's like they were recording the album and some executive came in and said, there's no singles on this album. Mm. You need to write a single. And then none of the other uh, songs on the album sound like Dig because Dig is a single. Yeah. That's, it's, what it, it's, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it, it is yeah. a brilliant song. And because I've listened to the album, obviously, I know the album's fantastic, but it's like, yeah, when you really think about it, it's like, because obviously now listening to them now, I'm sort of thinking, oh, what can I talk about? And it really hit me with that, was like, this is just like no other song on the album. Yeah, and I've got this written in my notes. Um, I'll, I was going to bring it up later, but I'll bring it up now. It's very much like One Arm Scissor. Yeah. Where it's like, that is the only song on the album that's got that kind of pop structure. And I get it from like a, a marketing point of view and a, like a radio point of view is they want basically pop songs to be accessible to get people in and then get people to buy the album. I don't necessarily think record labels or execs or whatever care if people like the album a lot. They're just like, oh, great. Once that, they've got the sale. Yeah, they've already got the sale. They brought in the album. Whereas I feel like Mudvayne as a band probably only created that song in that way because they needed something to be played on radio. Yeah, no, I so, agree. That was quite interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. Also, one other thing, there's a naked baby on the CD cover, and I never, ever noticed that until, like, a couple of weeks ago. It's just weird, isn't it? Yeah, I uh, thought that as well. I had the album, yeah. and I just don't think I ever acknowledged that there was a little baby on there. No, well, I was looking um, the other day, and I thought, oh, what is what is it on this album? Because it's not clear that it's a baby. No. And I was like, that looks like skin. And then I realised, oh, that's got, like, the chubby arms and the chubby legs of a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, the unmistakable chubby arms yeah, yeah. and chubby legs of a baby. But no genitals on show, so... That's good. Yeah. I wonder if this baby gonna say, is going to grow up. Yeah. Or has grown up, and he's like, hmm, I feel like I've been exploited. 
Yeah, well, I suppose if he was ever going to say it, I suppose at least the Nirvana baby had his willy out, so he had something to... Oh, definitely. He, yeah, had, yeah. He, had a, he had a case for it, didn't he, I suppose? Um, whereas this baby, it was tastefully done. So, I mean, earlier, Martin, you um, you kind of alluded to, to my opinion on this album. Yes. Um, so I thought um, I'd, I'd just recap. So when I first played it, obviously, Dig's the first song, really, isn't it? Yep. And I was like, yeah, Dig, whatever. And then Internal Primates Forever came on, and I was like, okay, yeah. Because I think the, bo- the intro to that is a bit boring, and I'll tell you why. Um, but as, as the song progressed, I was like, this is pretty cool, actually. And then the third song came on, and the fourth and the fifth, and, and I was like, this album's a lot better than I remember it being. So I remember it being really boring when I was younger. And mm-hmm. I, now I'm thinking, I, I don't really know why I thought that. And on listening again, I was like, the vocals are really awesome. And there's just some really cool heavy parts in it. But there's parts I don't like as well. So the the more atmospheric parts, you know, like with the flange guitars and the funky bass and what else have I got on here? Um, yeah, and there's some parts that I just didn't think would kick in or hit like like we should do. And one thing I noticed as well was I started thinking about the way the album sounds. Like, it sounds really good. But I think if it was recorded now, there'd be some differences in the way that like some of the guitar sound or especially the kick drum sounds. So like at the beginning of internal primates forever, there's that guitar riff and then it kicks in. Yeah. But the guitars are really sort of like tight sounding. And I think they'd be a lot more open now. And I think that was one of the reasons I thought it was boring. Cause I was like, it doesn't actually kick in that much, mm. but then I realized it's only that one track really, or that part of that part of that one track where I really felt that. But the other thing was, I was like, he's doing a lot with the kick, but it doesn't cut through as much. As it should do, you know, like the, sounds a bit loose, doesn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, the kick drum's not. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't cut through. It's not tight. It's not like as I lay dying. It's not like August Burns Red or Kill Switch. It's very much hidden in the mix. Mm. And I thought if that was recorded now, it would, um, it would just cut through, and you'd hear all them kick drums coming through, and it sound probably like a hundred times better. But that's the first time I've really thought about um, the production of an album during this podcast. Like everything else has sounded great, but that's the one time where I've gone. You know what? I think this would be better if, um, and yeah, that's that's my overall opinion on the album. Really, like I really enjoyed it. There's parts that I absolutely love, parts that I don't really like. But because it's because it's they're like a progressive metal band, it's really difficult to say. Really like that one song, and I don't like that other one. It's very much like I really like these parts of these songs. There's so many different parts yeah. to each song, that, and then yeah. there's some bits that I don't like. Uh, and that yeah, that's my overall opinion. I used to think it was boring. Now, I think, actually, it is a really good album. Yeah, I think my, my thoughts are, I, I did like it when I was younger. Um, I think in reality, I probably liked the the quicker, the faster songs. You sort of dig, Death Blooms. Um, and I remember, you know when you like listen to an album, you listen to the first couple of tracks, and then you kind of like, you always have, I don't know, towards the back end of an album, sometimes you just you lose interest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember sort of listening to it when I was younger and being like, actually, God, you know, Cradle, I really like Cradle. Oh, then like No Forever, which is like the last track and things. You know, when you sort of, it plays and you you, you left it playing and you think, actually, yeah, yeah. God, this is really good. And I, I did sort of get more into it, but I, I can get where you're saying where it's, when we were younger, it probably, it was completely different to what we listened to before, regards to the the progressiveness of the music. And it's, in my head, like you could listen to a Limp Bizkit song or something in, in the background, whatever, you'd be fine, you'd be fine, whatever. Whereas this, you could actually just sit down and think, right, I'm just going to, 
have a beer and listen to this album. Yeah. And I feel like, because there'll be bits you'll enjoy, bits you don't like, you can critique it more and you, it's an enjoyable listen from start to finish with all the different bits. It's interesting. Yeah, I thought that when uh, when I was listening to the album, I was like, oh, is that the last track? That was really good. Because sometimes it's like, oh, the last track's a bit a bit boring. Or like, or you got like, say you got 12 tracks on an album from track eight, it might just like say track eight to 11. So it drops it off just, a clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just fillers. Yeah. And then the last track's really good. But I didn't think there was one track on the album but I thought well that's not very good there was parts which I didn't quite enjoy but I was like but overall the song's brilliant but I think you're right like as uh, when I was younger it was probably difficult to digest and like you say if it was just on in the background you're like it's not a, it's, it's just, not a standard it's, yeah. traditional pop like, structure. structure type thing is it like a lot of songs are a lot of things we've been used to listening to so yeah yeah I agree with everything you said yeah and now I've listened to it again Completely, kind of, they'd fallen off my radar. Obviously, I had like the we went to go see him. I think like, you know, so we, we were big fans at the time. And then I think the last album I bought was um, I think it's called Lost and Found with Determined on. And then I never really bothered him. So I had like the, the first sort of three albums and well, studio albums. I think they had an original album as well, The End of Everything to Come or something. Uh, I had that, but I didn't really listen to it. But now I've got back into it. I'm like fucking hell, like this probably will be in. I don't think it's a pl- again. It's not a playlist song. I don't think it's nice to have in the middle of a playlist because it's just too. I feel like to listen to Mudvayne, you have to listen to One the Run. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like if yeah. if um, a, a, like a six minute song came on in the middle of a playlist that was in sandwich between some pop punk or something, it, it'd just be weird. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're going to go back into my rotation of an album that I actually listened to. So I kind of re- remembered this sort of gem from ages ago if that makes sense yeah so I'm really enjoying it I get what you mean so have you got any specific memories of uh, of Mudvayne from when you were younger um, I think the only memory is probably similar to yours which is going to see him live yeah um, so we went and I think my mum dropped me you and Aidan wasn't it we went to go watch him all three of us yep and my mum dropped us off and then went and sat in a McDonald's for about three and a half hours I thought she which... went to a pub oh, whether, whether I thought she went to a pub and read a book yeah sounds like don't but know then... why I remember that well <laughs> I suppose nowadays, you know, with our kids, it's like if we drop them off for a gig, either we'd go with them or we'd just go on our phones or read up. I don't know. It's like it feels like it'd be easier. Yeah, I'm I'm taking my wife to a show next week. It's in York, and I'm like, I'm gonna park up in York and either listen to some music or another podcast and walk around the city, or I'm just gonna sit in the car and listen to. That's some it. Stuff. Or you could, I mean, I'd probably end up taking my switch, you know, or something yeah, like yeah. that, and, and play that. So, and then I think, God, it was really nice of my mum to actually take us. Like now that you're older. You appreciate that, you know, she took like three and a half hours out on her own. Of her evening. Yeah. yeah which just, is her time, yeah. Yeah, um, and dropped us off. So, yeah, so then we went, and I think they didn't have a fucking support. So there was supposed to have a support, and they just dropped out or wasn't playing. Is that what happened? I think it was. And then rather than, we would hope they would just, oh, we'll play at nine rather than ten, and they just didn't. So we just sat around for about an hour and a half, two hours, waiting for them to come on. It was a long time, and I yeah. think now... At this age, we'd probably just have some beers, but we were, what, 14, 14 maybe 15, 15, yeah. And it's like, we just sat around for, like, what felt like an eternity. Yeah. That is that is my... Uh, and that was when yeah. people used to smoke a lot in the pubs yeah. and stuff. So I don't think it was technically allowed to smoke, but because it was a massive crowd, obviously they didn't get kicked out at all. I don't um, think it was allowed. I don't think you can smoke in a gig. Like, I feel like... Um, because it's so such a confined space, it's not very nice. The same but, as a pub, though, isn't it? Yeah, true. But um, but yeah. So anyway, and so he just stunk. There was obviously like the sweaty topless guy already. He was already <laughs> moshing. <in the> corner, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was already there. He got there at six, um, and it was just yeah, it was not a good time. But then Mudvayne came on. I remember being in pit for him. I remember like watching him, and like uh, I think I, I took a picture and put that as my Sony Ericsson screensaver on my phone. 
um, it was like, yeah, I do, re- I do remember that gig quite, quite well. Um, yeah, I remember seeing people. It was like, at Manchester, wasn't it? Yeah, gig? Manchester. It was like uh, Academies, Academy was Two it? or Academy One. No, Academy Three because it was a small room right at the top. But I remember um, everyone starting to sit down as everyone was waiting. I thought that's such a good idea. And then I think everyone was sat down. But the other thing I remember is when we, when the, the encore, obviously the encore was Dig, and uh, our friend Mike. He was a really big Mudvayne fan, and he, I think he went to a Mudvayne tattoo as well. Yeah, yeah. He went to I think nearly every gig, every every show of that tour in the UK. He just followed him up and down, and I remember. I mean, in his, the mom, his mom must have had a right <laughs> good time because he was about the same age as us, wasn't he? Maybe yeah, he a year older. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he got trained or whatever. Mm. But um, oh, his parents were just cool and took him everywhere. Yeah. But um, I remember. Uh, what's his name Chad Gray he sort of stands in front of the crowd and he, he says to everyone I've got one question for you and Mike jumped up and he's like can you dig it and <laughs> in my head Chad like looked at him like for fuck's sake mate this is like you've ruined it I remember and that I remember going on uh, what was it um, usually on gigsandtours.com and then I'd just go through it like from like A to, A to Z A to Z A to Z um, like it's going through just looking for a band that we liked yeah, and they're yeah, like yeah. oh this band's playing nowadays we've got like Songkick and you can just buy it all online like, it's just easy and you can yeah. just turn up but like yeah. you'll get a notification to say hey this band you listen to on Spotify is yeah. touring yeah so moving on to favourite songs can you tell me what your favourite song is and why my favourite song is um, Cradle uh, which means like uh, sort of mid- mid-album and for me it's it's got a really good um, mix of singing um, with some shouting. Because to be fair, Chad's got a, a fantastic voice, um, both singing and shouting, I think. Yeah, his shouting voice is amazing. But his singing voice is quite unique as well. Yeah. And he's a really good singer. I don't know why I didn't say his, his uh, singing voice isn't amazing as well, because it is. But he reminds me of um, Maynard James Keenan of Tool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't really listen to Cup Tool, but um, cool tool. Um, <laughs> although I was thinking, I might actually try Tool because we might like them now. Because again, maybe we just weren't ready for that. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not might... mature enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Cradle, uh, really love it. It's got loads of different bits to it. It's what we said before. It's not just standard structure. Um, I love the bits where they sort of sing. Oh, like he, he sings like both the singing and the shouting over it as well, yeah, and, and yeah. does that sort of um, over the top. That's really good. And then the other the other song that I really like is um, Death Blooms. So again, good mix of singing, good mix of um, shouting. Um, really cool riff to start with. We'll play the riff now. Yeah, that's the song. Uh, earlier when I said I heard Machine Head influences, that's the song. Of the intro to that, it just reminds me of Davidian. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it sounds like it, it just reminded me of it. Um, really cool intro. Yeah, and I think like um, they're the two songs that when I was listening to it earlier this morning, I was like, Do you know what, I'm going to put them songs. But you could change them with most of them, I'll be honest with you. Um, I like them all. Yeah, my favourite song uh, on the album is actually Dig. Just because um, it's the easiest one to digest. Like I think every, everything else, it gets better the more and more you listen to it. But it's just that whole simple structure. You've got your verses, you've got your choruses. Um, you know what you're getting, kind yeah. of thing. And it's the only song, really, where I thought I dig every part of this. Right. All the other, uh, all the other songs, I think there's a part in there. I went, oh, I don't really like that bit. But dig, there's not one part that I don't like. That's why it's my favorite song. Have you got a least favorite song? 
Um, not particularly. I suppose if I had to choose again, it's one of them things where if it's the the least favorite out of all the songs that I like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. if I had to choose, if an album, if it wasn't on there, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Would probably be prod. Um, I would say that's probably the slowest burner. Um, and then there's like a bit where it does the sort of like it does the intro bit. Start singing, and then there's a bit where it's like um, he says, "Line up the cattle and cut the neck," and it's like, um, "Well, we'll just play it now." Yeah, so it's like like a lot of build up. Then it does that. Then it goes back into a slower bit, and then there's a really cool bit where I think it says, um, "We're killing ourselves, killers." And it's like, God damn, we fucked up and all. And it's like, that's the sort of fast paced bit. But it feels like, yeah, it's a bit of a slog to get to that bit that's good. Um, I don't know. It's just too much of a build up for something that's not a great payoff. Okay, yeah. But again, love the song. If I had to choose to cut one, it would be that. Uh, or one of the interludes, obviously, but... Yeah, I didn't choose an interlude. Yeah. I thought that was a cop-out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a cop-out even for us to do that. <laughs> uh, my least favourite was um, Pharmacopoeia. Okay. The reason I don't like Pharmacopoeia is that I was listening to it when I was at work and it caught my ear. And I thought, what is this guy singing about? And it was an alien. And I thought, oh, I'm going to look at the, these lyrics. And it's just a, a list of drugs yeah. and like chemicals. So I was like, what the fuck has this got to do with an alien? And then I noticed how he was singing those, that list and it just felt like it was quite forced. So, on the nose, wasn't it, about the... Drugs or something yeah. like that. There's like a list. There's like psilocybin. Um, I think there's probably like about opiates and things like that. And I, I was just like, oh, the way he's saying these, it just didn't go. The rhythm of it, the the way he the, was saying. The sound as well. The recording doesn't yeah. sound particularly good. And yeah. I was just like, oh, no. And I thought, if it, it would have been really cool if it had been done in, in like a, a way that made it sound like it was meant to to be like that. But I just felt it was forced. And I thought, yeah, that's that's why I chose Pharmacopoeia. I'd like to change my answer because I, I I actually agree with that one. Really, I, yeah, it's a good shout. I think that's that's that. Inter- the prod was just a bit of a slow burner. No, uh, yeah, prod. Whereas that one, it's just that bit's just. Yeah, it feels like much, it, that's generally just bad. Yeah, isn't it's it? like they've gone. Oh, you know, what would be really cool if we just did like a list of pharmaceuticals. Yeah, and like, yeah, go on then. And then the list did load out and tried to use like you know scientific terminology for them all. And like, oh, these ones sound the coolest. And then went right now. Let's just throw it into that song. Yeah, I do like the bit though. Cause I think it says like uh, these are just a few of my favorite things. And the sort of like the tune that he sings that in, I do quite like. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Good point well made, Steve. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I guess that leaves us on to um, the best parts. Have, have you got any um, any parts that you want to highlight of this album that you thought were the best? Um, Again, it's one of them ones where the best, there's so many different parts, there's so many really good parts. And I think sometimes what I quite like about a band um, is when a good part listened on its own is good but not brilliant. And then when you listen to the song from the beginning to this point at three minutes into it and it just makes that bit amazing. Um, like, 
I don't know if you listen to a lot of like early Biffy Biffy Clyro. No, I don't. But a lot of the albums there, the songs and stuff, quite quite slow burning, and then they just kick off towards the end. All right. But yeah. if you just fast forward to the end where it's like Biffy, it loses its impact. Uh, like Black and Sky does it, things like that. So, um, we we Mudvayne, it's like there's no individual part that's really bad, but really or really good. But um, so the bits that I've sort of picked out just to talk about something was the bit where it says one two in Internal Primates Forever. Um, and we'll just play that right now. Yeah, that is that is a very cool part. Yeah, and I think it's because it's already going, and then it stops, then it says one, two, then it kicks back in, and it's got the bit that I think I mentioned earlier, where it's the singing, there's two layers of singing over the thing with a, with a proper decent beat going behind it. <laughs> Um, and it just makes it just like, ooh. and also when we watched them live, I remember that bit. It went, uh, it went, it stopped, and all the crowd went one, two, oh, that and then cool, kicked yeah. straight back into it. And because I knew it was coming up, it was like I remember that beat amazing and sort of shouting and you know that kind of thing. So yeah, I I don't remember that, but I would have enjoyed seeing it when I was there. Um, and there's just another bit as well, which is like it's pretty much the the rap in um, Under My Skin. Oh, I've got that. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll play that now. Yeah, that is. Uh, well, for me, the the rap is is cool, but it 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 builds up to that to that payoff, doesn't it? Yeah. But I remember when I first listened to it, and I was kind of listening, going like, "What what are my favorite parts in this album?" What when you I... said first listen to it, it was in like for this podcast, for this, yeah, for this episode. I was like. I'm gonna find like what are my best, what are the best parts, what are the parts that I don't like, and I listened to that and I thought, oh, that was a bit, a bit odd. I'll. Uh, it I'll, shouldn't work. Yeah, should I was like, it I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll rewind that because that might be like a, a part that I, I pull out as being a, a part I don't like. And actually, I, 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 the more I listened to it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's so cool. I think it, it stops enough to like slow down, does the rap, and then it kicks straight back in, and that's an awesome beat when it comes back in. Yeah, it's. I can imagine that being live and then just going boom, kicking back into it, and I think. It does kind of rap in little bits as well. Like, I'm going to say rap. It's more just sort of shouting quite fast. Yeah, shouting fast, um, yeah. Whereas that's a bit more of a rap. And it shouldn't work, but it just really does in that particular instance, I think. Yeah, it feels um, like it's out of place if you just hear it on its own. But when you drag it into the song, like like we've been saying, yeah. it sounds really fucking cool. And I mean, fair play to them being like, guys, I think we should put a rap in this bit. And they'd be like, are you insane, Chad? And they'd be like, no, we should do it. And it, and it works. So yeah, uh, that, I've always loved that bit with a, especially the end of that bit, Fistful of Novocaine. Yeah, and then it kicks in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve, what was your uh, fave bits? So, my favourite parts, uh, Dig. Just the whole song? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. Uh, the part in Dig where he says, Let me help to tie the rope around your neck. Mm-hmm. And then there's lyrics after that. There's always, I don't know the lyrics after that. Uh, but yeah, that, let me um, hold you hold the Glock against your head. I think. Yeah, but it's a bit before it says, "Let me help you to walk the, the uh, wrong way." Uh, drop off the wrong way yeah, off the yeah, ledge. Walk like the wrong way off the ledge. Which yeah. I mean, I assume the wrong way is off, off the, ledge. the ledge. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll uh, play that now. So yeah, I think that bit's just really cool. Like the first time around, it's like it builds up into it going into that groove, mm-hmm. and then the lyrics are just really cool as well. Like 
um, I don't know, it's like really descriptive and they're really visual, which I really like. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, to be fair, that, that song is a, is a fantastic song. You know, there's no yeah, two yeah, ways yeah. about it. But yeah, when you really listen to the lyrics as well, they're pretty grim. Yeah, they are, But yeah. they're still cool. Um, and then uh, another favourite part of mine um, is in Internal Primates Forever. Again, uh, there's a bit where he just says, give it to me, give it to me. Mm-hmm. I'll play it now. So yeah, it's not necessarily the part where it says, give it to me, give it to me. It's the bit after that where it's like the beat comes in and you just like smash your head and start headbanging. It's it's pretty much the same as yeah. that one too, isn't it? It's the same, yeah, same idea. So, yeah. yeah, But it's like that whole thing of like, I hear it coming, I'm like, oh, it's coming and I'm in the car and I'll be like, give it to me, give it to me. And I'm just like headbanging away. Yeah. So that uh, they're my favourite parts and I had the rapping as well, but we've already played that. So so that is that is it for me. Um, have you got anything else that you wanted to say about this uh, this album, Martin? Um, no, I suppose the, the the big question at the end is is would you listen to it now? I think the answer is no. It wouldn't go on to my sort of um, my list of albums that I listen to. But at the same time, I think if it came on, which it might do, you know, like in my top songs of twenty twenty two on Spotify, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is cool. But I don't think I'd necessarily go out and go, well, let's you know, let's listen to Mudvayne today. Um, it's just not going to be on my on my album cycle, I don't think. What about you? You've already said yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be more in it. What I'd like to do though is just get a bit drunk and listen to the entire album um, with on you. your own. No, with, with you, it sounds really <laughs> weird, but it'd be cool and like Aiden maybe or something, you know, and just have a proper like just listen to it and like go through it. I think it, it's an album that you could do that with, but um, you, you're looking at me like you don't want to around me. No, anymore, yeah, so. I think it's quite cool. That I was thinking like. Like, listen, like we're doing, well, we're like doing, we're doing now on the podcast, <laughs> yeah. we're just going to talk about it, but yeah. I, mean, I don't know why we need to be drunk. It's just my, everything makes it better. I do prefer drunk. it when I'm drunk. Um, but yeah, no, I would listen to it. I don't think I put it on my, a cycle of my playlists. I, I, I think it's you've got to be in the mood for it. Um, but recently I've been very much in the mood for it because I've been listening to it a lot, listening to it in the car here. Um, so, but yeah, no, definitely it would be up there. It was a good album then. I, I, think, it, I think it definitely holds up now. Um, and I think I can appreciate it a lot more for how smart it is and how good the songs are and sort of well put together, I think, anyway. Yeah, I'm also looking forward to the next Mudrain episode that we do to hear the, to hear the, the follow-up album. Yes. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Okay, Martin, there was a couple of things that we said we were going to look up. So first of all, we mentioned Chi Cheng, uh, the bassist from Deftones. So he did, he died in 2013, but he was in a crash, I believe, in 20, uh, 2008. And um, the the new bassist took over um, from. Oh right, okay. So yeah. Oh right, okay. Yeah, fair dues. And then the other thing we we mentioned was there's nothing to gain. Was a single. Mm-hmm. I said it wasn't. You said it was. Uh, what is the truth? It was a single. Was a single. Um, Pie in my face. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I think on Wikipedia pages at the bottom, um, the singles are Digum, Death Blooms. Charted, um, so I'm guessing the fact that nothing to gain or gain. I always say gain. I think it should be. I think obviously I'm guessing it's a play on that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's about um, Ed Gein that song. Yeah. Right? Um, it didn't chart. I'm guessing, which kind of what we were saying in the beginning, where Dig and Death Blooms are more single friendly, Dig especially, whereas the other songs aren't. Mm. You know, obviously they released the third song and it didn't chart. So, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, so there it is. It was a single. Hell yeah. <laughs> 
Episode 9, Mudvayne, LD50. It was an obvious choice for our ninth episode, wouldn't you say, Steve? Yeah, definitely. And thanks for listening. And if you want to get in touch, please do so. You can by... You can email us, uh, isitdadrockyet at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, and if you would love listening to us, please drop us uh, a rating on um, um, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, or anywhere else that you listen to it that you can rate us on. Um, It would be much appreciated. Yeah, it it helps us get more listeners, supposedly. Definitely. Well, I imagine it will do. It can only be a good thing, can't it? Please get in touch if you do so wish. You can do so by emailing us at isitdadrock. Is it? Oh, fuck. Okay, Martin, I've got a small bit of trivia. Uh, okay, Martin, I've got a small bit of trivia. No, I can't say it. Don't buy the domain name isitdadrock.com yet, because I've ruined that for you. Isitdadrock.com yet? Yes. Stop it, Steve. No, no we're not. No, we're going to no, carry no, on. No, we can't. All right, that's the end. Nah. See you later.